listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Advocacy Update podcast. My name is Clark Rockfall, and I am the Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs for the American Council of the Blind. Thank you to everyone listening over ACB Radio, as well as those streaming and downloading via their favorite podcast player. And if you like what you're listening to, you can always find out more at www.acbradio.org, as well as acb.org. And by all means, give us a rating, write a review uh, in that favorite podcast player of yours. So today we're going to talk about... Well, what is today? Today is May 21st, and it is Global Accessibility Awareness Day. Um, And we're also in 2020, and it is 10 years of the 21st Century in Communications Video Accessibility Act. Uh, So what a perfect occasion to talk about a law that has had wide sweeping impacts on accessibility and accessible technology here in the United States. Joining me to talk about this today is an ACB board member as well as chair of the ACB Information Access Committee, as well as co-chair of the um, ACB Radio Steering Committee. So Jeff Bishop, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Good. I, I left out just all around nice guy uh, from your oh, thanks, list man. of titles that you have there. Um, anything else that I missed in yeah, your introduction though, Jeff? Oh, we're just drowning and getting ready for this annual convention we're doing in July. But other than that, we're, we're doing great over here. It seems like a, a another full-time job, actually. <laughs> it's pretty crazy stuff. And that's right. This is uh, something new and different for ACB. The annual conference and convention will be an entirely virtual affair. Uh, that it's still scheduled July 3rd to 10th. You can find out more at acbconvention.org. Um, but how, uh, how fortuitous that this all ties together. Global Accessibility Awareness Day, the 21st Century Communications Video Accessibility Act, and technology that has made it possible for ACB, an organization of people who are blind, by and for people who are blind, uh, we'll be using technology to host a virtual conference and convention. Right, and I think it's also good to announce here that registration is now open for ACB members for the convention. So head on over to acbconvention.org and make sure to register. It's going to be a lot of great fun, lots of great presentations, including presentations from the Information Access Committee and so many more people. So we're excited about that what such a professional you can tell he has a a a side career in radio never misses a plug that's right (laughs) today registration opens for acb members Uh, non-members registration will open may 28th so hopefully those Mm -hmm. members leave some sessions for everyone else Um, jeff when most people think of the communications video accessibility act they think of audio description right It, it was the law that Uh, put back into effect the audio description rules. Um, Those rules are in place for the top 60 broadcast markets, the top four 
broadcasters, as well as the top five um, cable channels. And that's carried over to movie theaters, streaming services, giving us all access to all of this content. Um, but there's a whole bunch else that the CVAA has done. Um, and some of that impacts the work we'll be doing with the virtual conference and convention, the things that you'll be highlighting with the sessions hosted by the Information Access Committee, as well as the work you do on a daily basis. That's right. I, to be fair here, uh, and just to make sure everyone is aware, I'm a program manager at Microsoft Corporation, and I work on the Windows Accessibility team, working on the narrator screen reader. And a few years ago, ACB worked with Microsoft when Windows 10 released because there were a number of concerns as it related to the Edge browser and Windows Mail and PDF reading. And really, it was a great opportunity to work together with an advocacy organization along with a really great company to be able to make sure that accessibility was you know, addressed to ensure that all aspects of Windows could be used. And so we in ACB back then worked really hard with the Windows accessibility team and other teams across Microsoft to really come up with solutions that really allowed those changes to, to go into effect. And, you know, I, I need to be a little bit careful now that I actually work for the company. It was one of those situations where I, I didn't feel like it was a, a situation that, that was one with, that I wanted to, well, what's the best way to say this? I think I really thought of this more like a partnership. In other words, working together hand in hand to try to make people aware of concerns and come up, come up with creative solutions to resolve them. And I think we did that. It was a, a great opportunity and it led to a career change for me moving up to Seattle and actually working for Microsoft once again. I used to work for them back in the 90s. And boy, between the 90s and today, there's just a significant difference in the entire way that the entire industry looks at and handles accessibility issues. It's pretty darn exciting. And we're talking accessibility not only on, I guess, desktop computers, but also mobile devices. Again, the 21st Century Communications Video Accessibility Act was passed in 2010. I think the the iPhone 3 or uh, 3GS had just come out you know, the mm -hmm. year before with voiceover. Many of us, you know, <laughs> many of us had an oh crap moment when buttons disappeared from phones. Like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with that glass coaster over there? Um, but technology yeah. has cer certainly evolved. It, it was pretty exciting to see some people in the community really embracing, you know, the iPhone 3GS and starting to podcast about it and getting people excited around that technology. I got a, an iPod touch third generation soon after the 3GS was released. And then my first iPhone was an iPhone four and I have never looked back and I'm now on an iPhone 11 pro max. So 
just just love it. It's it's one of those devices that truly has changed the lives of you know thousands and thousands of people. What used to cost thousands of dollars to be able to have technology in your pocket now cost about the same for whether you're you know whether you have a disability or not and you know that is just an amazing game changer for well everyone not just people with disabilities but but the impact is great for those with disabilities and this is really true across all aspects of of technology whether you're on mobile or you're on desktop we've done at Microsoft some really great things in the in the Windows space and Microsoft continues to innovate really strongly in Office and, and, and all of the products. But really the, the entire industry as a whole has really put a core fundamental focus on accessibility. We see it everywhere across the industry, Apple and Google and Microsoft and all over the place. It's, it's exciting to see people innovate, especially now that we're all working from home. You're right, and Jeff, we're talking about just mainstream off-the-shelf products that have right. accessibility tools built in. I mean, how, right. how wild is that? Yeah, I mean, it's great. You've got TVs now that have full accessibility and you've got streaming uh, devices that have full accessibility built in. You've got, of course, you know, smart devices like the A-Lady and, and other things like that that are fully accessible. <laughs> Got to be careful. We can't say your name. And just all kinds of products where, you know, we were using this type of technology decades ago, but now the mainstream is catching up. And so we just need to continue to push that ball forward and make sure that the eye is on the ball and that we continue to innovate in this industry to be able to be accessible and most importantly, inclusive and usable for everyone. And what you're speaking about there, Jeff, is that accessible user interface, whether that's by voice or audio feedback, uh, you know, using smart speakers to control. Heck, and people will learn more about this at, uh, at the virtual conference and convention, but controlling appliances in your home just by your voice. Now, right, being, exactly. We have a smart oven in our home and we can control it completely by voice. And so it, it's again an, another representation of, you know, something that can be used by everyone who can speak verbally to the device. And then we can't forget about people who are deafblind either. You know, we need to make sure that we're innovating in ways that are inclusive there too. So it's always keeping an eye on the industry and making sure that interfaces and designs are implemented in a way that will work for absolutely everyone. Mm -hmm. And included within the Communications Video Accessibility Act, um, there are rules and regulations for those accessible user interfaces, whether that's for the, uh, the navigation and playing of video content, uh, whether that's for internet browsers and mobile internet browsers on smartphones, as well as two-way communication. Um, so if, if Jeff is asking his A-lady or smart speaker to uh, send a text or an email uh, or to do something, even make a phone call in those cases, that audio and that text communications needs to be accessible. 
Uh, one of the biggest highlights to me was speaking with one of our co-chairs of the audio description project and him saying that not only does he have audio description going on his TV, uh, but then he'll use his refreshable braille display to read the closed captions because he's deafblind. And it's like, holy cow. You know, I Yeah, absolutely. And that wasn't a thing 10 years ago. No. No, none at all. So, so it's really exciting. Absolutely. And now, like you were just saying a little bit ago, fast forward, and I, I feel like a lot of conversations either start or end this way. And then COVID-19 happened. Yeah. And, and now everyone's shifts, working right? from home. Or those, yeah. fortunate, those are who are fortunate to are working from home. Absolutely. And we're in a position where due to laws passed 10 years ago, which probably didn't foresee a situation like this, uh, we can still remain productive at our, at our work. Yes, and, and really what it's forcing people to do, whether you have a disability or not, is really having to think more inclusively on how you present, how you run meetings, because you, know, you don't know if everyone has high-speed bandwidth or what their speed of their bandwidth is. Are they only listening to a call? Are they watching on video? So this has forced everyone to rethink how they run a meeting, how they're presenting information, what kind of language they're using. So it's, it's really forcing the industry to adapt to a very much more inclusive way of thinking as they present and share information together with everyone. Because you can't speak to things like you can't say, okay, look at the slide that I'm showing and notice these things in green. Well, not everybody may be seeing that, whether you have a disability or not. And so really, this has brought accessibility to the forefront, working, this whole working from home situation. And I think that it's going to have long lasting impact to the way that we do things across the industry. At least I'm hopeful of that. And Jeff, this goes back to a conversation that you and I were having last week. Um, I know many of us who use assistive technology or blind visually impaired, we've been on those conference calls uh, where somebody is screen sharing and going through a PowerPoint presentation and mm -hmm. or sharing a document and you just have a blank screen as they're saying, you know, on line three or in, in cell A12, we have such and such. Right. Mm -hmm. Last week, you were just sharing a way that that is becoming more accessible now as well. Absolutely. So the tools that we're using, you know, things like Microsoft Teams and, and other technology are, are really changing the landscape of how material can be presented in, a, in an accessible way so that everyone has access to it. Everyone can view it and be able to read that information. So really, we're we're doing a great job across the industry, but I think it's important, and I keep coming back to this, to say that every individual who is a user of this technology needs to make sure to continue to provide feedback to the people that provide your technology solutions so that the ball can continue to be moved forward. That is very, very critical. It's one of the things at Microsoft that we thrive on. Every day at Microsoft, we do this thing called triage, where we sit down as program managers and work with developers and dev leads 
and talk about issues that come in from feedback. And one of the things that I constantly hear from leadership within the organization is we thrive on this. We, we truly cherish hearing from customers and knowing where we can improve so that we can make products better. And I see it every day at work and it excites me to know that, you know, that we're hearing that from leadership and it, and it really is impactful. So if, if there's one message that I could leave with everyone, please make sure to share feedback with those people whose technology you're using where it, it can be made meaningful to them. Um, be real clear and concise on your ask and bring problems you know, to the technology companies that you, that you work with. It's so important. It's, it's truly a way that you can move the ball forward and make significant change in the industry. Jeff, I think that's a great point. I think a lot of times we think that we are the only ones who may care about something or we'll share it with our, our peers um, or just within our ACB family, right? And we think, oh, well, it's a big company. They don't care about an, you know, a user like me. Um, so it's great to hear that they do care and they, they thrive on receiving that feedback. Um, any recommendations on the best way to provide that feedback? Is it through an accessibility help desk or over social media? Well, I mean, I can speak to it from the Microsoft side. You know, Microsoft has lots of great channels where you can provide feedback. Um, the Disability Answer Desk, the Microsoft Accessibility website found at microsoft.com slash accessibility. Uh, and you can find everything there in reference to reaching out and, and providing feedback. You can reach out to the, uh, to the MSFT Enable Twitter account and provide feedback to them, or just call the Disability Answer Desk directly. They would love to hear from you and, and get that feedback directly to product groups to be able to make a difference. But yeah, I mean, it, it comes from the top, from Satya Nadella all the way down. Uh, accessibility is a core fundamental part of the culture of the company. And uh, it, it's what excites me about going to work every day, not only for the work that I do to be able to make a difference, but also seeing how important accessibility is across the entire company. It's just so exciting to see. And so and this is true you know, for a lot of the, the companies that ACB collaborates with. Absolutely. Um, they may have an accessibility. Apple and desk. Google and yep. uh, you know, Amazon. They all have a way of reaching out and getting at getting uh, information to them and really take advantage of that, use it, uh, and and just provide great feedback. It's it's the only way that they can know for sure. They may already know about your problem, but they may not. You know, it's 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 amazing the feedback that we hear back from customers. And it's just wonderful because sometimes they'll bring up something that sure we may have known about something, but they'll bring it up in a slightly different way. And it, it could potentially change the entire way we think about something. So that's why feedback is so important. And in addition to the companies caring, the federal communications commission cares about these issues as well. Um, it was through the request for dispute assistance process um, that ACB was able to, to form this great relationship with Microsoft. Um, that's also true with Cisco, who makes the WebEx 
conferencing platform. They're working to improve that as well as to make their 8800 series enterprise desk phones more accessible. Uh, right, which you use every day, right? Well, I did when I was in the office. Yeah, right. I, I guess you don't sure. have them at home now, right? Yeah, okay. I have not transferred the phone to the office. Um, however, we have, through our uh, Ring Central, you know, VOIP phone service, I've been able to forward the work calls right to my cell phone and schedule conference calls and video calls right through right. my accessible cell phone. Right, and we couldn't have done that 10 years ago either. So again, it's technology leading the way, and not only that, but also remaining accessible. So that's really, really exciting, and it's so empowering. And speaking of empowering and technology leading the way, uh, we are, have already plugged twice, so we'll do it a third time. Registration opens today, May 21st, for the virtual conference and convention. Uh, Jeff, how is a blindness organization going to host a virtual conference and convention? Well, we're going to do it a number of ways. We're going to use ACB radio as a vehicle to actually air the convention, as well as Facebook and YouTube. And then we're going to be using the Zoom platform to be able to bring all of this to you as well. So presenters will be able to call in and into Zoom using the Zoom platform and present to you. And then the special interest affiliates and other affiliates of the organization are going to hold Zoom meetings and you'll be able to call and interact that way as well. So lots of use of great technology. We just finished working on the Florida convention, which was a great success where we sort of, you know, did a, did a test run of how we would run the national convention. And we, we did pretty well. There were some lessons learned there. And we'll, of course, we'll, we'll make changes and, and learn from that. But overall, it was a great success. And you'll hear a lot more about this on the ways that you'll be able to connect with us and the ways you'll be able to listen to the uh, convention and also watch it you know, on video as well. So we'll have more to say about that in the coming weeks. That's fabulous. And the community events, the community conference calls that Cindy Van Winkle and the ACB radio team have been organizing and performing over the past few months, those have been a great test bed to make sure that you know, the Florida con conference from this past week or so ago has gone off without a hitch, but also to make sure that everyone is primed and ready for the annual conference and convention coming up here in July. Right. And we have a great team of people who are working behind the scenes that really nobody hears about, but they're just an amazing group of people who have uh, devoted hundreds of hours of both time, talent, and even money to be able to make this uh, be successful. And when I send out a public shout out to all of them and just, you know, go team, it, it's, it's truly a, a team effort and it, it can't happen without each and every one of them to be able to make, make it successful. So thank you for that too. Absolutely. And what a, Jeff, thank you for celebrating Global Accessibility Awareness Day here with me today. You bet. Thank you so much. And uh, just, you know, keep innovating everybody. Remember accessibility is important, but uh, inclusion and usability is really where it's at. And let's just make it happen. And as we said, the Communications Video Accessibility Act has been a law on the books for 10 years. 
Who would have thought we'd be hosting a virtual conference and convention 10 years ago? Uh, but due to this great access technology across many platforms, mobile, desktop, phones, you name it, it's just wild to think about. And who knows where, we'll be, where we will be 10 years from now? Autonomous vehicles? Jeff, any guesses? Clark, all I know is that it's going to be more accessible than it is today. At least that's my, that's my hope. And I think that if all of us work together as a team, we can make that happen. There you go. And it does take a team. And thank you for being part of the ACB radio team, as well as the member of the board of the American Council of the Blind, and for joining us on this conversation today. Once again, thank you everyone for joining us on this episode of the Advocacy Update podcast. You can learn more about the community conference calls as well as registration for the ACB virtual conference and convention by going to acb.org or acbconvention.org. Once again, thank you to everyone at ACB Radio for the work that you do. And if you're listening over your favorite podcast player, just give us a little rating, you know, tell your friends, spread the word. All right. And as we always say, keep advocating. listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. You can reach us by emailing advocacy at acb.org. The ACB Advocacy Update is a production of the American Council of the Blind in Alexandria, Virginia. To learn more about ACB, visit us online at www.acb.org.